Hello, and welcome to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author, J.C. Bodden. In this week's podcast, I'll be sharing with you a chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me, copyright 2007. This book is the first in the Devlin O'Quinn mystery series, and it tells the story of Devlin's daughter, Jenny, who has taken a job on campus as a dorm resident advisor while she works on her graduate degree. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Devlin O'Quinn series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcbodden.com, that's j-c-b-o-d-d-e-n.com, for more information and the link to my Amazon page. Now, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Here we go with episode 107, Someone to Watch Over Me, Chapter 7, Security. Jenny's Story Saturday morning dawned clear and bright, but with no home football game, campus was much quieter. At least I hadn't overslept today. I was now in the habit of checking the hot water faucet as soon as I got up, and was pleased to find that it steamed again today. Now I could go for a jog. The campus was really beautiful as I ran down the sidewalk past the library, and I lost myself to the moment. Several miles later, across campus, I felt a hot spot coming up on my heel. I sat down and took off my shoe and cursed. The blister was already broken open and my sock stuck in place. Grumpy now, I folded down my shoe and crammed in my foot for the trek back to the dorm. I entered the lobby, grateful for its cool embrace, and pushed my sweaty bangs out of my face. Samantha was back on duty. A man I didn't recognize was standing in front of the desk, talking with her. He was dressed in khaki pants and a crisp white shirt, and stood with his hands on his hips. When I got closer, I heard what he was saying. This is a state university, so campus police are state troopers with the same duties and responsibilities, including the power to arrest. Here's Jenny now, Samantha said, angling her head toward me. He turned, and I saw the badge clipped to his belt. Can I help you? He looked me over from head to toe before he spoke. My name's Kerry Wagner. My boss, Captain McKinnon, knows your dad. He sent me over here to check out some complaints. He checked me out again. Now I was irritated. I had just about given up on anyone showing up. Let's go to my apartment so I can fill you in. Oh, I've got a pretty good picture of what's been going on, Miss O'Quinn. Just show me the boiler room. He stood with his feet apart and crossed his arms. I couldn't tell whether he was flexing his biceps for me or Samantha. Completely irritated, I turned and clomped to the stairs, stopping at the doorway. I'd appreciate it if you kept this between us, I grumbled. I don't want to scare the residents. He leaned close enough for me to smell his aftershave. Between us, of course. I stalked ahead of him to the boiler room where he trained a small flashlight on the lock and then around the room. I gritted my teeth and described unlocking the door, Joe relighting the pilot lights, and the shut-off valves. Wagner held up his hand and interrupted me. Wait a sec. Go back to that last thing? He made a winding motion with his finger. The valves were off, I repeated. Did you see that the valves were off, or did this Joe maintenance guy just tell you the valves were off? What difference does that make? He told me the valves were off, and I believed him. I didn't like the tone in his voice or the implications of his question. 
Well, I just want to have all the facts straight before I report back to my boss and your daddy, Wagner said with a smirk on his face. This was almost too much. Still, after a moment's hesitation, I closed my eyes, imagining the scene. I thought it was weird when I came in here because I didn't feel any heat from the boilers, but I didn't notice the valves. When Joe got here, he told me that the valves were off. Huh, Wagner grunted. I ignored him, concentrating on the image in my mind. I remember watching him turn the valves on when he was working. Plus, I didn't smell any gas in here, so they must have been off, right? I opened my eyes and glared at him. Anyway, why would Joe lie about something like that? So, the valves were off, and that was why there was no hot water. And Joey Boy says that they were off for a while. How's he know that? I tried to keep my voice steady, unwilling to let him know how much he was annoying me. By how cold the tanks were? He shrugged. That makes sense. Now, here's the kicker. He held up his index finger. Who else has access to this room? Who else besides you and presumably Joey Boy and all the other maintenance crew guys could have gotten in this room to turn the valves off and shut down everybody's hot water? Glad for the chance to repay his sarcasm, I snapped. I don't know. I thought it was your job to figure out that part. Joe's story. The final day of school came. The other children at the group home had grown accustomed to his silence and generally ignored him. Several had come and gone during the time he had been there, but Travis was still with him. He alone would talk to the boy, and the two were inseparable. As the two of them trudged up the front stairs of their temporary home after school, a brown sedan sat in the driveway. "'Ms. Parsons is here,' Travis said flatly. "'I wonder who's going.' Even though he had no inflection in his voice, his eyes were wide with anticipation. Inside the house, the boy saw Ms. Parsons and the house mother talking in the kitchen. Travis led the way down the hall and poked his head around the corner. "'There they are, Miss Parsons,' the housemother said. "'I'm telling you, it's as if the two of them are joined at the hip. "'Travis here will tell you everything you need to know, "'but that other one, he doesn't say a word.' "'Never? I wouldn't know his voice if I heard it.' "'Miss Parsons looked kindly at Travis and said, "'Have you ever heard him speak?' "'Travis shook his head. "'No, ma'am, he don't talk. I do his talking for him.' Well, then, I guess it's a good thing I've got a space for both of you. Ma'am? How would you boys like to go live at Twin Oaks Farm? Travis looked at his friend and then back at Miss Parsons. Both of us? Yes, both of you. I've got it. I've got y'all a spot there. Thank you, ma'am. With that, Travis turned and started up the stairs. He had seen the drill often enough to know what was expected. He had to come back and tug on the other boy's sleeve to get him to come. They went to their room and packed their belongings. Everything they owned in the world fit into one large brown plastic garbage bag. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week to find out what happens. Please come back for episode 108 of Wait a Week Mystery or visit jcbodden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.